All right, thank you, ladies. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. First Thessalonians chapter 2. If you will go to 2 Thessalonians and take a left. You will find 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 2 verses 1 through 13. In honor of God's word would you stand with me for the reading of God's word. <clears throat> And God's word says, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionate long, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you have become dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil for laboring night and day that we might not be burdens to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth. The word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Pray with me. Holy Spirit of God, move mightily today through your word, through your wisdom to us as we hear the word of God proclaimed. Minister to our hearts and our needs. And cause us, Lord, to be submissive and yielded to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. The word contagious 
comes to me from this passage. Contagious. Now, most of us know what contagious is. We have some nurses in our midst, so I hope I'm not misdefining this word when I say it means to spread from one person to another or one organism to another, directly or indirectly, to transmit a disease by contact or other people or even animals, likely to spread to spread it and affect other people. That's what the COVID is partially all about, as well as many other diseases. Do you in your thinking that perhaps that's what the Lord Jesus meant when he gave us the message and the commission to go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. In short, go and infect the world. I think that fits pretty good, don't you? Go and be contagious with the Word of God. Go and infect, go and affect the world with the Word of God. I want to share with you today about a contagious church and about contagious church membership. You know, sometimes when we go and visit folks in the hospital, uh, whether we're a pastor or whether we're just visiting, sometimes we have to put on these little, what they call gowns. And nothing but paper mache, so to speak. And you, you, you unfold it and unfurl it and uh, put your arms in it. The, it. It covers your front and uh, do you tie it in the back. I don't know why in the world they don't make the ties in the front, why you have to put it on in the back, but you do. Uh, and then you've got to put on a mask and... Um, then you got to put on gloves so that you do not come in contact with that individual who is obviously contagious and be infected with what they have. It could be the flu, it could be any number of things, pneumonia, um, COVID. It could be a number of things, as I said. Contagious. Jesus has told us to be a church. Jesus has told Corinth Baptist Church to be a church that is contagious. Jesus wants his church to be infectious. How do we do that? What does it look like? So I want to suggest from this passage there are several ways in which we can be a contagious church and in effect be contagious members of a contagious church that infects people with the gospel, the word of God. The first a contagious church has to be biblical in 
its content. Look at verses 1 through 4 with me. For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. Biblical in content, the thing that the Apostle Paul, who is the author of First Thessalonians here, and Second Thessalonians, in fact, the Apostle Paul was author of over half of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The thing that that gets me here, and I hope gets you and comes through to you, is that the Apostle Paul was not a men-pleaser. He did not worry about pleasing men. He was concerned about pleasing the Lord God. And so uppermost in his heart and his mind was that of speaking the Word of God in truth to affect people's lives. Because he knew that no matter what, his opinion didn't make any difference. What made a difference in people's lives was the Word of God. So Paul says, we came to you, and in conflict, that means there were troublesome times and troublesome people all around us. But he wanted the Thessalonians to know what the gospel was, and he wanted it to be truth without any mixture of error according to the presence and the authorship, really, of the Holy Spirit of God. And so the biblical content came to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul preached the Word of God. It was biblical in content. It was the Word of God. It was not the opinion of preachers or persons. Second Timothy 3 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's the, the Word of God. But you can't just have your opinion about the Word of God and that be gospel. That's not what Paul is saying. He's saying this word is gospel. This word of God is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what counts. And it's profitable for doctrine. That which means those things that we hold dear to us, that we believe from the word of God, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that Jesus is the Savior of the world, that Jesus Christ is divine, that salvation comes only through faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone, by grace, through, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, 
And it doesn't matter what men's opinions are. That is unchangeable. There's no question about it. You don't, there's no debate about it. It's the truth as the Word of God declares. Biblical in content. The pure Word of God, as Paul would say in verse 3. Our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit. It was the pure Word of God. The Bible says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable so that the man of God would be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Word of God cuts like a knife. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, the Bible says in Hebrews. And it cuts between the bone and the marrow, the dividing point of hypocrisy, of keeping us from deceit and impurity, is the Word of God. When we go to dividing the Word of God, picking and choosing the Word of God, then we begin to really get in trouble. And people need to focus on the Word of God. The church needs to focus on the Word of God. Presenting the Word of God in its purity. Hebrews 4.12 says the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That The Word of God does all of that and more. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit. It pierces, it cuts through, going, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting, going, and cutting, coming. It causes even the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner. The Word of God discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let me give you an illustration. When I was a kid, I used to love to watch horror movies. Used to get up on Saturday, and none of you, and I'm, I'm really dating myself now. I, I know, I'm just, and so I just throw it out. I'm 70 years old, no, most of you know it. But I used to get up on Saturday morning, used to watch Saturday morning. I can't remember the name of it, what it used to come on, but it used to be horror movies at 7 o'clock on Saturday morning. You remember that? You remember what it was called? I don't either. Thank you, Brother Larry. I'm not the only one. <laughs> All right, and and we watched those. Harm. I remember this one, Doctor Frankenstein. You remember that one, Doctor Frankenstein? What is this? This old doctor. He was so busy. He was trying different things. Different things. He had this big place. And all a mansion. It looked well. It wasn't much of a mansion, but it was a. It was a, a a medical place in that he had this old man, and he got different different body parts from different cadavers, and and uh, put them together, and had this guy put it put it on a, a metal table, and ran ran these things up into the the air, 
waiting for a storm for lightning to flash. And he had it hooked down on the table and on the body. Do you, if you remember that movie, storm came, lightning struck, and it struck, hit that line, come down to that body, and whoop, jerked that body. That body jumped, began to move. Dr. Frankenstein just went crazy. He's alive! He's alive! He's alive! You remember that? You can't forget it if you remember that. I mean, if you saw it. That's what the Word of God is. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Because the Word of God is living and active. It's not a monster. It's the Word of God. The Bible. God gave it life, and it's been alive alive for several thousands of years now. And it continues to live, and the amazing thing is, it continues to do the work that the Lord God gave it to us to do. The power of God. Like parents... Preparing nourishing meals for the family instead of junk food. The pastor carefully feeds his flock on the nourishing, pure Word of God. John R. W. Stott includes this as an illustration in his book, The Preacher's Portrait. Because the preacher, like the parent, serves up that meal of the Word of God that nourishes, strengthens, and encourages and enables us as individuals to take that Word and live it and live according to the Lord God and what He desires for us to do. That's the living Word of God that affects our lives changes us to be like Christ and more like Christ as we grow. That, my friend, is the real authority. The truth teller. Look at verse 13. For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, the apostle, he makes no... He makes no apology for preaching the Word of God. He makes it clear. That's what we preached to you. That's what we gave you. You received the Word of God from which you heard from us. You welcomed it, not as the Word of men, but as is in truth the Word of God, which effectively works in you who believe. As believers, as Christians, the Word of God works in you when you hear the Word of God. I can't even read the Word of God without it affecting me. In mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in every capacity, in every way, the Word of God, when I'm reading it, when I'm studying it, when I'm preparing it, touches my heart and life. I can't be the same. The truth is that's what it should be in all of our lives. The Word of God affects us. That's what Paul says, effectively works in you 
who believe. It's contagious, infectious. And that's what Jesus wants in his church. Secondly, the church that is contagious not only is biblical in content, but it's also authentic in nature. Look at verses 5 and 6. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, neither from you or from others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. Neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness. It wasn't, we didn't use the word of God as, as, as a means of, 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 of being deceitful, uh, of, of trying to get something other than what the Lord God, what the word of God says. We weren't trying to fool you. We weren't trying to do anything other than preach and teach the word of God as it is. And as the Lord Jesus meant it to be. It's authentic in, it's not free. Or greed. It isn't to pump you up, to make you feel good, pat you on the shoulder, and make you feel good. We got enough of those feel good preachers. We got enough of those profiteers. We got enough of those, uh, uh, the Lord wants you to profit. The Lord wants you to, to, to gain. Uh, the Lord wants you, and it, it's interesting to me that all, the only gain that I see and have seen over the years of these profiteers, as I call them, on TV, is they are the ones who become profiteers because you send money to them and, and they get rich off of it, so they go and buy an airplane or they go and buy another mansion or they go and spend it on this, go and spend it on that. And friends, let me tell you something. That ain't the gospel. That is a false lie out of the pit of hell. Jesus Christ wants to bless you and He wants you to be a blessing to others. But it's truth without any mixture of errors. Authentic in nature, not flattery. Paul refused the world's way and he relied upon the authenticity of the Word of God. It wasn't superiority of speech. Look at verses 7 through 11. But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. You'll have to uh, give me a little break. I get a little bit excited and get a little beside myself. I had to, had some children ask me one time, said, Preacher, why do you, why do you shout? Why do you holler so much? I said, keep your mom and dad awake. <laughs> but I, I, it, Paul says, uh, we were gentle among you. Now, I could be quiet. It ain't my temperament, but I, I could be much quieter in in sharing the message with you. But it, it, it's it's not me. I <clears throat> I get a little bit uh, yeah. It, it's like I said, the word when I'm reading it, even studying it, it, it affects me even emotionally, and can't help but crying, 
can't help. I used to apologize for the tears. I don't apologize for the tears anymore because that's, it just comes natural. Uh, not trying to beat my own self and pat my own self on the back. I'm just telling you the truth and the way that I am. Paul said it's authentic. It's authentic in nature. And, and he says, For you remember, brethren, verse 9, our labor and our toil, laboring night and day, we might not be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel. We preach. That's, that's my responsibility. Even as interim, it's my responsibility to preach the word, to preach the gospel to you. It's my responsibility. And so I, 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 I take that seriously. And I take it so seriously that I want the Word of God. I want the truth. I want it to be non-flattering, non-people-pleasing. I want to please the Lord. That's the target. As you know, we exhorted, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children. It is authentic. It's not flattering. It's not superiority in speech. In 1 Corinthians 2, the Apostle Paul said that, that uh, we didn't come to you with, uh, with flattering words. We didn't come to you uh, in, in trying to, uh, to impress you. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I spent years on uh, my education, uh, spent years in, in trying to uh, uh, be as, as, as knowledgeable as I could. But uh, it, it was not to come to you uh, in, in flattery or, uh, or impressive words. Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Sometimes you will find some... Gram, grammatical errors in what I say, the way I say it. Uh, but it still comes out. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith, your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Your faith is what I'm responsible for when I proclaim the Word of God. And, and listen, I could get up here on Sunday mornings or Wednesday night and read the newspaper to you. And, and tell you things from the newspaper. But you can get that at home. You don't need me to get up here and read stories to you. You don't need me to get up here and read magazines or newspapers to you. You need the Word of God. Just like I need the Word of God. And you need it. And I need it more than just Sunday morning. But those are the scheduled times that we meet. And friends, listen, if I shirk that duty on those two times, or those few times, I'm guilty 
of not giving you what God has called me to give to you. And I will be judged for that. The Lord Jesus wants his church to be a contagious church. I've got to move on. I, I know my time. Uh, getting lunch time here. Eh? We've got to get moving. The Lord Jesus wants his church to be an infectious church. An infectious Miss Yvonne, am I using that correctly? Infectious, contagious, okay. I just want to make sure. She's a nurse. All right. He wants his church to be infectious, biblical in content, authentic in nature. And thirdly, he wants it to be gracious in attitude. Verses 7 through 11. We were gentlemen. Just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. I've never seen a nursing mother not cherish her own children. I really haven't. And and I truthfully can't say anybody that's nursing a baby not be gracious. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Because you had become dear to us. Oh, that's, that's so special, you see. You're, you're, you're dear. You, you're a part. Paul, Paul put it, it's, it's like becoming a part of him. That's what he was saying. It's like, you're a part of me now. You're a part of me. You're a part of us. We're part of each other. We're, we're, fam- we're the family of God. That means we are blood-bought. We have the blood of, a, of, the, of King Jesus running through our veins. Woo! I get that. Mmm, mmm, mmm. And, and, and when you stop and you think about that and what the Lord Jesus has done and what the Lord Jesus does for us, running through us, in us, And with us, we have the King of kings and Lord of lords so affectionately longing for us to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. You remember, brethren, our labor, our toil, laboring night and day. We didn't want to be a burden to you. We preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved among you. Believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Gracious in attitude, like a mother. With that little one. Just a couple of weeks ago, we, we had our second great-grandbaby. We're getting older. Our granddaughter. Now, I could pull out my phone and show you some pictures. But I won't take the time because I'm preaching and I got to move on. But she is a 
grand, they named her right. They, they named them right. A grand daughter. She's a princess. She has given us two great grandbabies, great grandsons today. And she nurtures that one. Grandma and Peepa over there, and we hold them, and it's just like that, like a mother, like a mom, cherishing that, that little one. That's what it is. That's what the Word of God, that's what Paul's talking about. Like a mother, like a father. It's the implication that the church is a family, not a business. Listen, the church is the family of God. It is not a business of the world. Don't operate like the world. Get that out of our minds. We need to operate like the Word of God says we need to operate. It's a family held together by common beliefs. One is that Jesus Christ is Lord and God. Two, He died for our sins. Three, He rose from the dead. Four, that he lived forevermore. Five, he's coming again. And gathers and, and awaits to gather us to himself. All of this by a common faith, apart from works. It's the core beliefs, these core beliefs that hold us together. And they're not open for interpretation. They're not open for opinion. They're not open for discussion from the standpoint of denying them. No. It's a settled issue. I know what they are and what I believe. How then do we deal with those who don't understand us? Our world today does not understand the fact that we operate on a different standard than they do. We don't operate by the standards of human beings. We don't operate by the standards of our world. We don't operate from the standards of our president. We operate from the standards of our King, King Jesus. And our standards are much higher than this world. Well, Jesus wants His church to be infectious and contagious. He wants it biblical in content. He wants it authentic in nature. He wants it gracious in attitude. And by the way, unless I did not inform you to start with, that's what we are to be as members. That's the membership. That's what he's talking about here. As a part of it, we are members. And as a member, that's what we are to be a part of. We're to be infectious members of the kingdom of God with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And fourthly, he wants it relevant in its approach. Look at verses 12 and 13 that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into His own kingdom and glory. Walk worthy of God. 
who calls you into His own kingdom and glory. For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it. You were glad to have it. Not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God, which also effectively worked in you who believe. The Word of God was active. It was effective in your own life. It changed you. It helped you. It encouraged you. It wove into you that fabric of life that the Lord Jesus brings when He saves us and when He builds us up and to keep us going. And that's what the Holy Spirit does as He dwells in us and lives in us so that as we go into the Word of God, go to the Word of God, hear the Word of God, read the Word of God, study the Word of God, it changes us, transforms us. Paul says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new transformation. His life is turned around in Jesus Christ. Walking worthy. Walking worthy of God who calls you. You see, Walking is living. That's what he's saying. Who walk worthy, living worthily. This is a grammatical error statement. There ain't none of us worthy of the Lord Jesus. Amen? None of us. And so, in reality, how do we walk worthy? We live the best we can, as close as we can, growing as we can in the Word of God to the Lord Jesus. That's how we do it. And when we sin, and and please hear me, please hear me, we, we don't have to ask Forgiveness for our failures. It's not failures. Our sins are not failures. Our sins are sins. We call it failures because we we don't like to, to call it sin. It's sin. It's that which hung Jesus on the cross. It's what crucified Him. Our sins, your sin, my sin. Not our failures. Walk worthy. Live worthily in attitude, in emotion. Our spiritual life, our physical life, our emotional life, our financial life, in every way. The way you conduct your business is just as sacred as the way you live your life and worship the Lord Jesus. If you're in business for yourself, take that to heart. The way you conduct your business is just as sacred as the way you worship Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ penetrates all of life. Every aspect of it. Jesus treated everybody the same way.
He met politicians and he treated politicians as politicians. He met beggars and treated them as beggars. He met the blind and he treated them as blind. Prostitutes as prostitutes. He met their needs wherever they were and whoever they were, but He loved them enough not to leave them that way. And that's the same thing, the same way He's dealt with you and me. Now, the Lord Jesus wants His church to be biblical in content, Authentic in nature, gracious in attitude, and relevant in approach. That's the way he wants you and I to live as members of his kingdom. You see, we're, we're not only members of Corinth Baptist Church, or you're not only members of Corinth Baptist Church, and you need to be. He wants you to live like that because you're a kingdom person. You belong to the kingdom of God. And as a member of the kingdom of God, we are royalty in the kingdom of God. That doesn't make, uh, it doesn't make us better than anybody else. But praise God, it makes us a part of Him and who He is. So the key for us to becoming this contagious church is to place more emphasis on the content, the Word of God. To exalt Jesus Christ more and more in our lives and in the church and worship. And to remember that the church is made up of people. People. Coming from different walks of life. And we must take the gospel outside of these walls. Not just enjoy them. Enjoy it within them. When Corinth becomes a contagious church, here's what we can expect. We can expect God to honor our efforts. We can expect God to, regardless of our imperfections and our weaknesses, to bless us. And we can expect that we'll be a model, a first century Christ-likeness, in 20th, 21st century style. And we can expect God to bless with more people coming to Jesus Christ as we as members, as we as members are contagious and infectious. Mm. Doesn't that just give you something to want to spread? (laughs) Go out today and spread this infectious Christianity that Jesus Christ has blessed you with. Pray with me.
Lord Jesus. You have called us. You've saved us. You've sent us. Lord, you've made us contagious, infectious. Lord God, help us to realize just what you've called us to do and to be as your people. And may we go out and infect people with this glorious gospel that you've given to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. In whose name we pray, amen. Now, you can turn to him 178. While you are doing that, let me issue this invitation. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the most important thing you need to do today. One, make him Lord of your life. You say, well, Pastor Don, how do I do that? You can say a prayer very much like this. Lord God, thank you for sending Jesus, your son, to die on the cross to save me. I am a sinner. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and life. Save me. Give me eternal life and abundant life. And help me to live the rest of my days for you. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what we depend upon. That's what we look to. That's what what his word said. So with that, you can be saved. We'll help you. And we'll help you grow from there as well. Secondly, Christian, child of God, you've got a task. We've got a task as children of God, children of the kingdom of God. And that is to live lives that are contagious. So here's the first question. Have you been living a life that's contagious? Have you been living a life that would draw people to get infected by following you, doing what you do. Is that what is contagious about you? And secondly, if you are, how much more could you be infectious to the world? Our altar is open. You can come and pray. Come confess Kneel, ask the Lord for restoration and enablement and encouragement to live for him. However God has spoken to you today, you come while we stand and sing.